0: Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of 1st John, 1st John chapter 4, 1st John chapter 4, and I'll read verse 4 and 5, even though we'll be focusing our thoughts on verse 5 primarily, but 1st John chapter 4 and verse number 4. The Bible says, "'Ye are of, ye are of God, little children,' And have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for mercy. Thank you for your love and your grace extended towards us. The Lord, and because of your mercy, we are here tonight thank you so much for your love demonstrated on calvary's cross when you intervened suffered and bled and died so that we can be free dear lord we are humbled by your goodness towards us and your love keeps running after us and i pray tonight dear lord that we would be continually reminded of your goodness your presence in our lives And that your love, which is shed abroad in our hearts, would motivate us to share that love with others so that they can experience the same joy, the same peace that we have because of salvation. I pray that you would continue to minister to the hearts and needs that exist upon hearts here tonight. Use your word in a very special way to strengthen your people. And if there is someone under the sound of my voice who does not know you as personal Lord and Savior... May tonight be the night of their salvation. Thank you once again for the wonderful opportunity we have to gather here tonight. Give me the words you have me to say. Cleanse me of sin and empty me of self. Fill me with the precious Holy Spirit that I may preach what thus saith the Lord. And we'll be careful to give you honor glory and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. There's a term referred to as No man's land. And the dictionary defines this as, well, in three different ways that I'll read to you tonight, as one, an area of unknown, unclaimed, or uninhabited land. Secondly, an unoccupied area between opposing armies. And thirdly, an area not suitable or used for occupation or habitation. But the origin of this term, no man's land, I believe arose from the definition, the second definition that I gave here tonight. An unoccupied area between opposing armies. Did a little bit of research and found out that this term, no man's land, referred to the narrow, rather than narrow, muddy, treeless stretch of land characterized by numerous shell holes that separated the German and the Allied trenches during the First World War. And so during the World War, you have the side of the Allied armies and the side of the German armies. And then in between, you have this area that's uninhabitable. It's not a safe place to be, rather. Treacherous. And it's a place where no soldier wants to find himself. Because no man's land is a dangerous place. And the reason why it is dangerous and was dangerous... Because being in no man's land offered little or no protection for soldiers. It represented a place, as we would say, of being neither here nor there. And tonight, I would submit to you, sadly, that many Christians, in living the Christian life, find themselves spiritually living in no man's land. It's the place where they are neither definitively working or walking with God or working or walking with the world exclusively. And so they find themselves straddling the fence, I dare say, in no man's land. My friend, no man's land, spiritually speaking, is a very Dangerous place to be. This is why the apostle John in writing this epistle that we've been looking at for uh, several months now, he speaks to being distinctively Christian. And I've labeled or dubbed this series The Christian's Signature because there are some things about living the Christian life that ought to stand out, that ought to be unique, that ought to be a characteristic that when those who don't know Jesus look, they can easily identify and assertively say with confidence that has to be a Christian. It's a signature. And John begins chapter 4 of this epistle by letting us know the importance of discerning the spirits. Look with me at verse number one. He says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Here's what John wants us to understand very clearly. Listen, not everybody, not every spirit is on the side of God. And so he says, you must understand that we are in a battle. We are in spiritual warfare. So he says, you you must have some awareness of who's who and what's what. This awareness ought to lead to an assessment. The assessment of what is of the Spirit of God and what is not. It ought to lead to some affirmation. And then we saw an admission A realization that, listen, we are in a spiritual battle. But last time we looked at this chapter, we were in verse number 4. And this just follows so logically that once you recognize that you are in a war, once you recognize that we are in a battle, That there is a side of right, there is a side of wrong, there is a side of good versus a side of evil. Listen, it is vitally critical that you determine where you're going to stand. You must determine your stance. John says in verse number 4, Ye are of God, little children. And he gives them some encouragement here. That listen, if you are of God, understand that you have, first of all, success over the world. You have success. You are in a position of victory. Look at how we emphasizes this and gives them the reality of their position. That listen, you are successful not just because of a label but you are successful because as a child of God you have a powerful association. Look at what he says in verse number 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than He that is in the world. What a blessing. What a privilege to know that if you are of God, you are on the winning side. But he says, you got to make up your mind where you're going to stand. And so he points out to them the... The, the comfort that they can have knowing that he that is in you, the speaking of the Holy Spirit, which is God himself, the third person of the Godhead, listen, he's greater than the opposition. <laughs> you have a powerful association. You are of God. But notice tonight, as we center our attention on verse number five, he says, listen, you have a powerful aso- association, but be mindful that there is indeed a, power f- uh, a prowling rather a prowling adversary. And I want us to look at this tonight in verse number 5 to understand the opponent, to understand the opposition, to understand the opposing force. He says in verse number 5, First of all, they are of the world. Now, John was saying here, in speaking of this prowling adversary, That there is something inherent about the opposition. Remember, he says here, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Then he continues on saying, They are of the world. In other words, this is their background, their origin, their nature, their heritage. He had just mentioned in verse number 4 that greater is he that is in you uh, than he that is in the world. And there's a clear reference here to the devil himself. So in verse number 5, he speaks to the sin nature that we are all born with. When he says they are of the world, he's speaking of, 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 of the sin nature. And that anyone who has not been born again is still on that side of the fence is ingrained. You see, being of the world is to be under the bondage of this sin nature. To be enslaved by the world's system. And understand, my friend, that to be of the world is to be subject, get this, to the one who directs and controls the sinful agenda of the world. Make no mistake about it that Satan is Has a sinful agenda. The Bible describes him as the little G-O-D of this world. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. It's very important that we understand when we talk about uh, being separated from the world. We're not talking about living on Mars. We're not talking about living on another planet. We're talking about being separated from worldliness, from sinfulness, from unrighteousness, of which Satan is the chief orchestrator. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, look at this, In whom the what? The God of this world. Notice a little G-O-D. Hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Let the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Understand unmistakably that Satan, he's the head of the opposing forces that come up against the one who is in you, the Holy Spirit. And Satan understands that, that we have a sin nature. He understands how this sin nature functions. He knows that our sin nature with which we were born, that, we, that is inherent, meaning it's just a part of who we are based on our sin nature, that it is a magnet for sin. It is a magnet for pride. It is a magnet for self-gratification. And so when we speak of this prowling adversary, Understand that he's working with an inherent nature that we have. So when we are not born again, we're not transformed by the Spirit of God, guess what? He already has an advantage from the very beginning. That is why John said in verse number 5, they are of the world. He was speaking of the inherent nature that an unregenerate man already has. But notice, secondly, not only the fact that there's an inherent aspect to this, but notice Satan doesn't stop there. He doesn't just be content with the fact that we have a sin nature and say, oh well, they just naturally sin. Satan seeks to influence. Look at what This verse continues on and says, it says, therefore, do what? Speak they of the world. Now, in order to speak of something, guess what? You are taught. To teach is to influence. We know from experience that teachers have powerful influence over their students. You agree with me, I'm sure. We as parents have experienced trying to tell our children something and they're convinced that the teacher said otherwise, you might as well give up. The teacher said, it's as if they're telling you, don't confuse me. The teacher already made it clear whatever you are saying is wrong. Why? They have been taught. They have been influenced. And this doesn't only happen uh, with children uh, at a young age. You have young people who go after college and due to the influence of some professor, they return questioning things that they stood for for years. Things that they knew to be true. My friend, uh, the evidence is clear that Satan is a sinful, evil influencer. And in this verse, because individuals were influenced, they now speak in a worldly way. My friend, be careful Be careful of satanic influences. Because Satan, my friend, he does it in a very, very subtle way. He takes things that are known to be wrong and he rationalizes them. He manipulates mindsets. He uses what I call personal experiences to trump truth. He uses feelings to cause individuals to take what is right and to throw it in the trash can. Satan is very subtle. He's an influencer. He teaches. And he uses what is taught to then have individuals speaking these lies. I mean, you look around at our world. You pay attention to the news. You pay attention to the trends. You pay attention to to what's uh, being dubbed as wrong and what's being done as right. And Satan is such an influencer and a manipulator. And he also knows strategically... What institutions to attack? Where does he start? In the home. He starts with individuals' identity. We hear this, all this talk about gender. What is he attacking? Human identity. He creates confusion about who we are. He creates confusion about what we are. He attacks our very identity. He attacks the institution of marriage. He attacks the institution of the home. It is no accident. That homosexuality is such a burning topic in our world today. It's not an accident. And I was just talking to my wife about this just yesterday. It's amazing that when you look at sin in general, there are things that have been and practices that have been sin since the beginning of time that no one would debate. Even if a person decides, listen, I'm going to sin and I'm going to do this practice, they would not attempt to justify that it is right. If someone wants to cheat on their spouse, they say, well, I cheated on my spouse for this reason, that reason, but they're not going to tell you, well, this was actually right. If someone wants to murder and kill someone, you don't hear anybody justifying that killing is right. Somebody steals. Well, I was wrong. When it comes to this matter of homosexuality, look at what the devil has done. He's gotten the world to get to the point where something that is wrong, he wants to frame it as if it is right. That's a trick of the devil. That's satanic influence. And he gets this world to to those who don't uh, embrace the practice to get those to be labeled as, oh, you all don't love people, you are haters. My friend, that is satanic influence. We are to love every single human being on planet Earth. That's of God. Love is of God. But look at the influencer, Satan. He gets uh, uh, opposing a, a, a practice that is against God, that's against nature. To get those individuals be labeled as haters and hateful people. Be careful of satanic influences. Second Corinthians 4, the verse that we says, he's, he's blinded the eyes of people to the truth of the gospel. Just last night at our men's meeting, we were just talking about how is it that Satan is so successful in getting people to reject the gospel message in spite of the fact that people are Dying left, right, and center at any age, at any stage. Look look with me. It's so instructive, these verses, because it helps us to understand the spiritual battle that we are in. My friend, it is time that Christian people wake up and be aware of what is happening. There are too many casualties of this war. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. These verses are worth... Repeating or worth reading. Verse number one, look at the apostle of Paul, what he says here. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Listen, this is not fainting time, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Walk not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He's simply saying, listen, this is a time to have a sound Christian testimony. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. If other people can't see that we are children of God then what hope do they have? Look at verse number 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Listen, Satan wants to blind people's eyes and he's doing a successful job at it. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the light of the gospel. Satan works as a master influencer. Back in First John chapter 4, It's because of the influence why individuals speak of the world. But notice finally tonight it gets worse because there's an inherent nature. There's an influence that takes place that Satan teaches. And because he's so, success, so successful at teaching, he has individuals repeating what they have been taught. But notice this, the third aspect of this, which is interaction. Look at, look at what he says here in the latter part of verse 5. And the world heareth them. You know why the world hears those who speak these lies? And speak these things that are anti-God. Why? There's an element of control that is taking place. These individuals are working on behalf of Satan himself. There's interaction. There's speaking. And there's a response. Do you realize, and I trust that all people and believers are wising up to what's happening in the world. When you listen to the news and you listen to these media outlets and you listen to the the trends and and the the way in which uh, media is censored, pay attention to what the devil is doing. Do you realize that more and more the world is doing everything possible to silence truth? To silence believers who are speaking the truth? To silence the word of God? I shared with you some time ago my wife was at a, a, a gender affairs event. And as they were promoting this wicked agenda. And my wife stood up and defend in defense of marriage between one man and one woman. In defense of the word of God, the woman intervened and interjected and as they were documenting what was happening in the meeting the person instructed the person who was writing strike what she said from the record don't even record that that was said in this meeting that's satanic my friend Social media itself censors speech that promotes the truth of God's word. You go on social certain social media platforms and you promote the word of God, it will be removed. You will be blocked. That Satan working with his agenda. The world only wants to hear what is in alignment with its agenda. So-called freedom of speech is fast becoming freedom of agreement. As long as you agree with the worldly agenda, you are free to say whatever you want. But you oppose it, we will crush you. once what you say on abortion, homosexuality, marriage, lines up with Satan's agenda, you're free to speak. You have the platform. You have the microphone. My friend, this is where we are. And the influence is already here. Don't think this is foreign fields. This is right here. For people of God, for children of God, we are going to have to know where we stand. Are we going to have to stand there? This is not time to be in no man's land. Find yourself in no man's land, I promise you, you'll be a casualty of war. And I trust that in these days which are indeed difficult in which we live that we would recognize with confidence and with courage that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world don't succumb to the pressure and at the same time overcome evil with good overcome hatred with love stand firm on your conviction and at the same time be a light be salt the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts let it melt the hatred let it impact those who don't know Christ let us be light that's our theme for this year Let your light shine.